What is it that makes a person who they will become? Are we born being what we're meant to be, only without the knowledge of how to uncover it? Or are we living a life with determination towards becoming our destined self? The answer eludes us as a collective unconscious even today, but one thing we do know is that some people achieve greatness and immortality well above others. Some people live a life so full that it spills out into the cups of all those who come after them. My name is Chris Aiken, and this is 10 Minute Workday Zen. We've reached the final three episodes in season one, and for the finale, I wanted to tell you the story of a man named Siddhartha Gautama. You may recognize his name already, but for those of you who don't, you might also refer to him simply as Buddha. Like many religious leaders, Siddhartha's life is a nebulous thing to define, filled with the historical and the miraculous in equal measure. Scholars and priests have tried for millennia to determine when he was born, where he was born, where he died, and when he died. Few things are agreed upon, and every Buddhist scholar, whether lay or holy, has a different opinion on the truth. There is some agreement on the general terms, though. It's believed that Siddhartha was born in Lumbini, which is in present-day Nepal, as a member of the Sakya clan. His family made their home in the city of Kabalavastu as members of the warrior-ruler caste called Kshatriya. His father's name was Suddhodana, and his mother, Maya, died shortly after his birth. It is believed that he was born and lived sometime in the 5th or 6th century BCE, and that he died at the age of about 80 years. For our finale, I present to you a fictitious account of the life of Siddhartha from the point of view of first his father, and then from the man himself. This piece was written using the historical resources, as well as legends that we have surviving to this day. But keep in mind that this is still a work of fiction. As such, I'll be taking some artistic license from time to time. I promise, though, Siddhartha won't meet the A-Team or anything. Also, please note that this is a three-part episode, and each episode may run a little bit longer than our normal 10-minute window. Without further ado, I present to you The Life of Siddhartha from Two Sets of Eyes. Lumbini, two days before Siddhartha's birth. My name is Sududana, warrior king of Shakya. I have taken to this private journal at the behest of my beloved Maya, who is nearly nine moons pregnant with my son. The wives tell me that he will grace this world any day, and I admit dismay that even though I have fought many battles, I have not yet named my son. Maya believes that our boy will become a great man, and that he would benefit from the words of his father when he one day leads our clan in this world. I argued against it, telling the woman that wisdom should come from mouth and heart, not from words in a book. But she persisted, and I have never been one to deny my love without true cause. My son, should you be reading this before becoming a husband, remember to be strong in your determination and to remain steadfast in your opinions. If you are reading this after becoming a husband, you will already know how silly those words were. Be open to the wisdom of your wife, even though it may not be what you want to hear or want to do. You have taken her as partner for a reason, even if the gods have not shown it to you yet. Lumbini, one day before Siddhartha's birth. Maya has been taken to the birthing room. Her breathing is fast and sporadic. The wives say she is behaving normally, but to my eyes and ears it seems she is dying or possessed or both. They will not allow me to stay in the room with her, and truthfully I feel powerless. Even with the might of my army, my strength, and my mind I am as useless as a broken sparrow to Maya. Lumbini, eight hours before Siddhartha's birth. I hear the women telling Maya to be calm, to push, to breathe. I hear my wife screaming as she strains to bring our son into the world. 
For hours I have sat vigil with a wall between us, willing her to deliver a strong, healthy boy into my arms. For hours I have prayed to any god who would listen and implore her success. One of the attending wives has news. I will write more soon. Lumbini, one hour after Siddhartha's birth. My son, my son, he is a beautiful boy. His eyes and ears and face are noble and right and perfect. Maya has blessed me with the greatest son a man could hope for. She has given me the most perfect heir a king could pray for. Even in my joy, I worry for my wife. The attendants say she has lost much more blood than they would expect, but the healers are with her now. They are confident she will live and be healthy once again. They say she may not be able to bear a brother to our son anytime soon, but I admit I am overjoyed at the thought of lying with her again in our bed. I have named him Siddhartha, he who achieves his aim. Lumbini, three days after Siddhartha's birth. A priest visited my home today, saying he wanted to bless the child so that the gods would look after him all his life. I consented, knowing the trials he would face as ruler after my death, and wanting him to have the full might of the holy behind him. A king can never have too many allies, especially amongst the gods. The meeting did not go as expected. Here I will provide the full account as I remember it. I sat in attendance to Maya as she fed our son. He suckled at her breast while she and I took a light meal of breads and vegetables. Maya found her thirst for wine was stronger now, and I was overjoyed to see to her needs myself, acting as her wine bearer while we ate. The look on the servants' faces when I insisted on pouring her drink was a sight to behold. As we ate, a man of short stature, dressed in orange robes and bearing a great book of scriptures, was led into the chamber by our door guard. The man was old, having seen at least sixty years, and showing many of them in the lines of his face and the slight chamber to his gate. I am a Sita. I have come from the mountains, great Sududana, to pray over your son. The news of his birth reached my ears only today, and I could not allow him to go into this life any further without the blessings of the gods. I nodded my assent at his words. Such are the worries of kings and warriors, I answered, that we need such blessings to see the path and follow it. You have my leave to bless him. His name is Siddhartha of Gautama, and he is my true son and heir. The man called Asita approached Maya and the boy, who was more impressed with the milk from his mother than with the holy man from the mountains. Holding out his hands, Maya placed the newborn Siddhartha into the hermit's hands, and the old priest cradled the baby gently. To my surprise, my son opened his eyes and stared directly at the holy man, an action he hadn't done for any but his parents. I am told that babies so young do not do such things. Asita only smiled, as though it was expected, and proceeded to expect the legs, stomach, arms, and back of my son. He smiled again. Sududana, your son has been born more blessed than anything I can pray over him. The gods have already marked him. He will be a great leader of men, though his destiny is clouded by choice. He may choose to follow in your footsteps and lead as a warrior, or... Asita hesitated. Or what, priest? You have no fear here. I would hear the words of the gods, I replied to him. Or... He may become a leader of men through their faith, a servant of the gods, or a great priest. The boy has so much strength and his choices in this life will change the world. My silence was palpable as I considered the future my son was destined for. Lumbini, five days after Siddhartha's birth. I have held a naming ceremony for Siddhartha to announce him to the Brahmin in our clan. Asita's words still ring loudly in my ears, so I asked each of these wise men to look into the future and tell me what they see for Siddhartha. All have seen the same thing as Asita. 
he will be a great man, either on the field of battle or in the holy places of our land. His choices swing the path one way or another. All except one, Godana, the youngest. He says that he only sees one future lying open to Siddhartha, that he will be the greatest holy man of our clan, of our land, and the world. He seems very certain, but his youth gives me pause. The other Brahmin tell me that Siddhartha will choose the holy life if he is given to see the pain that others suffer. I am not sure how this can come about, but I must think on it. Kandana simply smiles at me knowingly. Lumbini, seven days after Siddhartha's birth. My beloved wife, Maya, has died today. She went in peace, having held Siddhartha all night in her arms. Come morning, she passed him to her sister Maha, who was attending her and slipped into a slumber so deep that Maha called for a healer. After one hour, Maya stopped breathing, a smile on her face, and the healer pronounced that she had passed. Maha swears that she heard the call of a great elephant in the distance, and that somehow it sounded sad. Lumbini, two months after Siddhartha's birth. I have come to realize the answer to the Brahmin's riddle. Siddhartha must be shown only the good and pleasant in this life, so that he will choose to be a king and forsake the life of a priest. I have given orders. All servants will be young and healthy. The old and infirm will be moved to another palace or home to serve out of sight for the remainder of their lives. My new wife, Maha, tells me that with plants and minerals, she can take away the age in my face so that Siddhartha need never know that I am growing older by the day. My healer has me training and eating as a younger warrior so that I am strong as ever for my son. I am to be an example to him. Siddhartha will have everything his heart desires. I will secure for him all things, even a marriage to Yasodahara, a girl born to our clan only days before my own son. The holy men tell me she will be youthful for a great many years past others born of her year, and she will be taught to withhold certain truths from Siddhartha, my son. My son will be a king, not a priest. He will serve as I serve. This brings us to the end of part one of the life and times of Siddhartha Gautama from Two Wise. Thank you for joining me today on 10 Minute Workday Zen. If you liked this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating on iTunes or SoundCloud. As always, we depend upon our listeners to bring the lessons and information we share to new ears, and we're always open to constructive feedback. This podcast was produced in whole by Aiken Entertainment, and all music is from bedsound.com. All rights reserved.